Live from the continent of Europe, home to 44 different countries and enormous opportunities, this is the Financial Independence Europe podcast, the show where you will learn how to optimize your life and all the top financial hacks of this world. This was your hosts, Alvaro Matias. Hey, hello everybody. This is our first episode of the podcast, and um, yeah, we're all quite brand new into this. Uh, I've got Matthias and, and Niels with me, and today we're going to talk about um, the market, what, what a market crash is, who we are, um, where the heck this podcast is about, and just give you guys a general idea of um, yeah why we want to bring a podcast towards you and where this is all going to about. So, just sort of get started. Um, why do we want to start a podcast? For us, um, we really noticed that there is a lack of a European view on the fire community, and um, we were just missing a bit of European view uh, on things because, like most blogs and information, is American based, and that's quite. Uh, I mean, the information itself is really good, but it's sad because there's also so much uniques and awesomes going on in Europe, which can be used uh, towards fire techniques and uh, possibi possibilities towards that. And um, yeah, so to get that rounded off, I want to introduce the co-hosts I've got with me uh, to get started with Niels. Niels, I know uh, you've recently started a blog. You've started with fire yourself as well. Um, a new job. Uh, can you tell us a little about a little bit about yourself and uh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, of course. Well, my name is Nils, and I, I have this blog at um, worldsworstemployee.com, uh, where I write about um, financial independence and uh, different kinds of lifestyles. And I'm uh, I'm 29 years old, so uh, I I first heard about the concept like. Two years ago, when I read an article in a Danish uh, newspaper about uh, the guy called Jakob Fisker, uh, the guy who, who runs uh, the blog Early Retirement Extreme. Uh, and I was hooked from uh, the very, very first time I heard about the concept and, and, and you know, the, the, um, the outlook that maybe I could be financially independent at some point in my life. Um, now I'm. Uh, I, I had a bit of a late start uh, at um, in life, so I first graduated uh, last year with a law degree. So I'm really, really um, new into all of this, and um, yeah, I still have student debt. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm, I still got a negative net worth. So. Uh, My point of view will be like um, how it is to um, to stop this thing and um, what can be done to eliminate debt and and what can be done to uh, avoid kind of uh, lifestyle inflation. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a bit about me. Could you also add how you're at the moment investing yourself? Yeah, um, I've, I've kind of like I've, I've, I'm a big fan of uh, of the Jim Collins block. Uh, Jim Collins uh, NH.com and, and uh, his uh, stock series where he's like uh, I'm sure you guys know the blog and, and he's like uh, advocating uh, the index fund 
uh, investment investing strategy. So uh, so far, I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to apply that strategy into a, a Danish context, um, which is actually a bit harder than than it sounds because in America you got you got stuff like uh, Vanguard and and you got all these uh, cheap ETFs and and uh, index funds and stuff like that. But in Denmark we have a like we have a different uh, taxation system, so it's not really uh, that easy to invest in uh, ETFs for example from from uh, a, a taxation point of view it's not favorable so but we still have some passive index funds but they come at a cost of like 0.5% so it's a bit more expensive to um, to invest in um, in passive index funds in Denmark compared to the US but I'm still buying it like uh, passive index funds yeah awesome thank you for the response um niels and yeah I, i do agree that's that's a good way of approaching hey matthias can you give us your take on well who you are and what your investing view is it's mainly um having uh, stocks so i have since i was i think the first uh, in the beginning i was interested in stocks like when i was 16 17 and then after the market crash or the new economy crash in 2002 or three i bought the stocks from my parents so like uh, in germany the Deutsche Telekom Axia stock and the Volkswagen stock and uh, I made some money with it because I bought it at a good price and yeah that was my main strategy and after um, trying stocks I also um, have a small ETF portfolio I know that normally people um, recommend to have everything in ETFs or have more ETFs but uh, I like um, researching about companies and yeah so and so far I think I'm doing pretty well um, I also try new uh, things like peer-to-peer -peer, um, investing and crowd investing and also have uh, some private equity just small bit and that's just for a learning purpose I would say um, and yeah, not everything is in it and I also have normal uh, fixed uh, norm, normal um, bank accounts with some money on it so yeah but very low interest rate at the moment um, that's all yeah could you also tell a little bit about yourself your background education of course uh Yeah, yeah. I'm um, of um, of course. I'm living in Cologne currently. I'm from Berlin. Have studied um, business economics uh, or or business informatics, I would say. And um, I um, also was triggered um, for the topic financial independence. So, I mean, before financial independence, I was just um, investing, like having growth. Um, making money and um, and so on and then I played the cash flow game um, by Robert Kiyosaki and I was thinking about cash flow is more important than having a huge amount of money and I organized some um, some meetups for ca playing cash flow game and more and more people were interesting and I also started the financial independence meetup in Cologne um, about different strategies to earn money so like next time it's about um, real estate investing in 
bigger houses and uh, Amazon and FBA. And yeah, so it's very interesting. I hope I discover some more strategies. And for me, um, why I'm doing it is it is just like that I want to do whatever I want. So, and no matter how much it is paid. Awesome. Sounds like a good uh, life philosophy. Now, I'll also tell a little bit about myself. I'm over 25 years old from the Netherlands, currently living in Switzerland, but uh, probably going to move to London fairly soon. Um, I found out about FIRE through uh, Mr. Money Moustache, um, which like uh, most of people um, must be familiar with, like his blog, um, his life philosophy uh, about not wasting money, um, not using a car, and like taking the bike uh, to work, to school, to uni, to everything. And um, I really felt that his way of living was resonating with my own uh, And from his blog onwards, I started to research more like, okay, how do I, um, you know, avoid ending up in a nine to five job lifestyle? How do I, uh, how can I have a better quality of living and not work 40 years uh, continuously forever and ever? And uh, like with that motivation and insight in mind, uh, I started to read more books. Um, I found out about Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger and uh their principles and um, like everything in a way they were investing to the life philosophy of Mr. Money Moustache uh, has sort of convinced me to get started with this. And I think I started about four years ago, um, like with the entire life philosophy. Uh, but I've been interested in stocks uh, yeah, pretty much since I was like 15 years old. Uh, yeah, did a bit of trading when I was younger, nothing major. I mean, obviously I didn't have much money, but yeah, just small things. And uh, yeah, like the, the first big thing that really happened and it sort of like made me like, what, how does this working? Uh, was the IPO of Twitter. Twitter went to the stock market. Um, I don't know the exact numbers anymore, but the, the price itself, like I bought them for like $25, I believe each, and they went to 40 uh, within a single day and I sold them straight away. So like my 2000 euro turns into 4000 euro. And um, it's like, wait, is this normal? Does it work like this? Um, and then we're like, oh, cool, then I can do this again. So I kept tr trying it a few times and obviously <laughs> you can guess what happened. Filled miserably, lost everything and then started to think like, okay, I can do this better. I was, by the way, 18, 19 years old at the time. Um, so yeah, like f from that point, uh, started to study, started to focus on um, yeah, more on like value investing and actually stock picking. And yeah, through my interest and through all the reading, like then I found Mr. Money Moustache and the whole ETF approach. And yeah, since then sort of have uh, based my whole strategy around that. And uh, yeah, what I've got at the moment is a combination of peer-to-peer uh, -peer lending via Mintos, a um, bit of cryptocurrencies where I play around with, uh, DGI investing, dividend growth investing, uh, which I've been trying and focusing a lot the last years because uh, like that's the strategy I truly believe in is like one of the best approaches um, in the sense of buying dividend stocks cheap, letting them grow and let the dividend compound uh, over year over year and give them 20 years. That's, uh, yeah, I'm a big believer in that one. And yeah, besides that, I have a whole bunch of things going on, varying from um, deposits to currency trading, flipping things on eBay, 
uh, running out of house and IPO flipping. The IPO flipping is the example I gave for Twitter. And um, yeah, we just say, that's my overall strategy. And like, I'm not really interested in retiring early straight away, but just to make life more comfortable. And I find the whole, mega, the whole mechanisms around them, I find them interesting. And I hope in the end, I don't have to work 60 hours a week. I can actually work four hours, have a good life. And uh, I mean, still work hard, but focus a bit more on the things in life that actually matter instead of just work. So yeah, I would say that's my um, take on fire. So guys, any questions around that still? Of course. Um, um, what is IPO flipping? Okay. Just quick explanation. Okay. IPO flipping comes down to, um, so when a company goes to the stock market, they, uh, they give out shares and people can buy them. Mm -hmm. and you can register for yeah. um, like the moment the, public go, the company goes public and often they'll mm -hmm. give you then a price range. Like for example, 20 mm -hmm. to $22. Uh, you can register yeah. for the price and then you can buy the company when they go to the markets. And um, yeah. I do that fairly often because, well, it's what happens quite often with tech companies like Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat. Or most, Snapchat. Most yeah. recent example, they go to the stock market, they go up 30% in the first day, you sell them straight away. And yeah, it's it's kind of a bit of gam gambling and you know trying to trick the market or predict the market, but it's Honestly, in the last 10 years, it never ever went wrong. And maybe I'm incredibly lucky, but yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea because um, I also recognize that um, the, the, um, the price is, is, is going up for one day or two, and then it's going to the bottom for, for one year. For example, also Lending Club, Facebook. Also seen with, with with Snapchat, but now you can. I think now you can buy Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let's not go too deep into individual stocks at the moment. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, gotcha. Good one. Um, yeah, okay. So that was the first segment um, of the show, sort of introducing each other and where we are about. And uh, now we're moving into the second segment market crash and um, what to do with it. And maybe a good introduction to it is that um, last week, um, like the market worldwide dropped with around 10%. And um, yeah, you saw a lot of quality companies dropping, getting cheaper. Um, and yeah, for a lot of people, that was quite scary because um, since 2008, we had a few big drops, but this was one of the bigger ones. Brexit was another one. But this was like one of the first times times for like new investors to like experience, okay, what the heck is happening? So suddenly I lost 10% of my uh, NASDAQ of uh, my portfolio. Where is it going? So today we want to talk a little bit more on that, um, like how it, for, it was for ourselves to experience it, to see it happen, um, what we do with it, what's the philosophy on it, and also sort of like how to hedge against it. So. Okay, prevent the damage of uh, those crashes, and how can you also make use of it? Uh, make more money on it, buy companies cheaper, but a little bit more on that later. Um, yeah, so, Niels, question. Have you even asked, uh, looked at your portfolio last week? Yeah, yeah I, I think I looked at it uh, a 
around Thursday or something like that. Um, because honestly, I didn't really have the time to uh, follow the news and all that stuff. So, so I'm I'm not really sure. I, I even recognized that there was a market crash or or at least a, a correction going on. And uh, to be honest, it, um, it it really it didn't affect me at all. Uh, maybe partly because my portfolio is still very small, so obviously I didn't lose that much money. Um, but also because um, I was kind of expecting a, a correction. Not that I could see that it was going to happen at the moment when it did, but but I think when when you invest in stocks, you you take on a risk. And that risk means that your stocks can go down, obviously. So uh, I, I wasn't affected of it. Um, and, and also, I want to say that that yeah, my my, my the way I try to to think about my investment is like when I put my money in my account, I kind of imagine that that I don't have that money anymore. If if it makes sense. I'm not accounting of it, and and I'm just hoping that in in 20 years it will uh, it will allow me to have more more freedom in in my life. So I wasn't really affected by by the market crash. Uh, good take. Um, also, yeah, good that you're simply sticking to it, not looking too much. And um, yeah, interesting that you also didn't even notice it, uh, and like didn't also consider it as a correction. Yeah. Um, so, Matthias, how was it for you? You're a bit more of like a seasoned investor. Did you follow it? Uh, did you take advantage of it in any way? Would you like to call me old, seasoned investor? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I also had not that much time. Um, um, so I first was was looking into my um, stock portfolio, of course, and I've seen um, that I have. Um, I checked if if I really um, like the companies from a fundamental point of view, and also was looking into the drawdowns. Um, but, but I, I thought it, it was okay. And from my perspective, in the long-term view, I, I think we, we have maybe a fast uh, dip in the market, in market price. And then it will go up from my perspective because um, we, have, we have new technologies um, which increase the product productivity of, of the world and, and of the companies uh, in a huge way. We have blockchain, for example, which is saving lots of money. We have artificial intelligence. And because of that, I would say there is mm, companies make more money. There is new, more productivity. And so that's why I think markets will go up for a couple of years. But of course, it, I can be wrong. <laughs> and but um, the companies I have in my portfolio can uh, I can just leave it as that. And it's it's all grow, growth companies, um, which I think will grow anyway. And I have also an ETF portfolio, but I'm not looking into it. 
because it um, time horizon is, is 20 years or 25 so I don't care I also in uh, in the last in last year um, I played around with um, pr protections or last summer with um, some protections with uh, um, gold mining ETFs. So when market markets go down, that uh, and the price of gold is, is rising. So then also uh, the value of mining companies um, goes up. So that's why you could hedge your risk with um, gold ETFs and also with VIX uh, VIX ETFs, um, which also increase in value when uh, there's more volatility in the markets. And of course, my, my, my savings accounts, there's nothing to do. P2P lending, there's nothing to do. Um, so I feel quite safe. I also follow an uh, options uh, strategy, um, but there I got an as a text message from the, uh, that's a new newsletter, and I got a text message that we can take some profits um, as um, as crash was starting. So we, we took some profits, and when um, there was a button, we um, created some new positions. Okay, quickly, so, could, could you explain what VIX means? Um, no. <laughs> In German, it's a bad word. I, um, that's a problem. Um, but the meaning is um, that when the volatility is rising, um, that these ETFs um, increase in value. So um, volatility is um, the, the ups and downs in the markets. So when you have a, a bull market or something like that, so the prices or the markets go up straight away, steady, steady rising, then you have low volatility. But if you have some dips and then it's uh, rising again, then you have a huge volatility. And the problem um, with the current current situation that there was such a fast dip is um, that we have new investment strategies in the big uh, fund companies, um, which is called factor allocation or uh, factor investing, that they um, invest um, based on a risk um, on a risk K KPI called um, uh, VRR, value at risk, is, it's a number. And if there is more volatility, then um, they move money away from stocks and then the prices are um, getting to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So that's a problem. And because of the automatic, um, automatic trading, um, that happens really fast. So you can also, if you want to protect yourself against um, a crash, you can also use a robo-advisor, which is using this um, factor at investing, and it will move your money away from the markets when there's more volatility. So, for example, Scalable Capital is using this approach. Cool. I was not familiar that we also had those in Europe. I know of the Americans ones, but um, cool example. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, well, for myself, uh, I looked maybe a little bit too much at my portfolio the last week um, or last two weeks. Uh, and that's because uh, well, I've got a lot of time at the moment, so I'm trading quite a lot. Um, 
with the ups and downs and um, yeah yeah to be honest it actually worked out uh, quite well this time because there were a few really big drops which I just knew were yeah simply not um, correct or I didn't knew I uh, my assessment was that they were way too big versus the actual value of the companies and I sold and bought a few times around that like that was my actual trading around the last weeks but um, which yeah. asset <coughs> sorry which assets um, did you trade the last week so um, there's a company called Flow Traders. What it does, um, it's also a funny one actually. It's uh, it earns money if the markets are really volatile. So what they do is they um, they um, they supply the markets with money by uh, limiting the ask and bid price, bid price between stocks. Um, so what they do, they make sure that there's always a limited spread between the ask and the bid. And uh, by doing that, they always make a little bit of money because they, uh, like in like nanoseconds, sell and buy the difference up. And um, like when the markets are really stable, the differences between ask and bid prices are low. And uh, when the market is really volatile, they really grow like crazy because suddenly a company can drop a 10% and then there are people like who want to buy it, still had an initial order in for maybe like 40, but the actual value is 35. And yeah, like a whole bunch of things go on at once. And this company makes use of that, flow traders it's called. And yeah, so I had in advance invested in them because I thought that they would uh, yeah, be a good hedge against um, a possible crash and uh, yeah which worked out quite well uh, quite well because they uh, yeah I earned a decent sum on that on when I sold them and it pretty much covered everything I lost on all my other stocks and the other stocks I've got are yeah, like mainly um, value stocks and uh, dividend uh, stocks so like all of them, they, they just sort of move with the market. And I believe in them because I've researched them thoroughly and I know where they're about. So I'm not going to sell them, but you know, they'll drop like seven, eight percent. But yeah, by hedging a bit against, uh, you know, also uh, something else than the market just going up, I managed to uh, compensate um, the loss like that. And yeah. And for the future, I want to stop trading this actively because I've been incredibly lucky. But that, that's not to say that it's going to happen again like that. And uh, I want to move, move more towards ETFs myself as well and just go for like a um, you know, sit and hold, uh, buy and hold, I mean, strategy for the next 20 years with a bit of dividend uh, investing on top of it. But yeah, try to avoid the over-focusing on the, the markets, which is something I did last week. And yeah, it does sometimes make you, can make me quite nervous when I see that happening. Can I ask you a question, Alva? Sure. Uh, I think it's interesting um, that you say that 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 sometime in the future you want to uh, take a more maybe passive approach, more long-term approach. But when when I'm hearing that, I, I can of course understand what you're saying. But but I think uh, it must be hard if you got lucky this time. And, and you make some money out of trading um, a lot, then then how can you decide when you are going to change your uh, approach? 
Okay, so at the moment, uh, it's fairly simple. I've, uh, like I've said to myself, the moment I'm going to start my new job, I'm going to stop trading actively and, um, I'm going to move like, so I've got a lot of, I got money in stocks that have gone up over the years, like a lot, but I don't consider as good place for the future. Just simply going to sell it all, place it into ETFs and let it sit there for the next 30 years. I'll keep my companies that I consider as good place for the next 30 years, but want to go for like a main focus on um, ETFs simply because uh, I've been lucky, but I know I'm no mastermind or rocket scientist, and I can't predict what's going to happen, and nobody can. And saying that you can or thinking that you can will, um, in the end, burn you uh, really hard. So yeah, th that's that's my view on it. And yeah, it, it's tough because I love to trade, but it's um, yeah, based on um, simply the data of the last 150 years of the American stock markets and European stock markets, it's the only viable way of going on. All right, nice. Cool. Yeah. Hey, guys, I think we've sort of um, covered uh, what a market crash did to us and how we responded to it. Uh, I mean, I uh, personally explained what uh, what I did myself. Um, Niels, you had an interesting take by simply not looking and letting it flow. And uh, Matthias, you had your call, uh, calls approach and um, yeah, just also uh, leaving it relatively stable and untouched. Um, like I think. We oh no! I have to add one. I bought one stock. Oh, tell <laughs> I me. Pay pay I bought PayPal because. I thought it, it's kind of cheap. It was, it's kind of new trade, and I always wanted to have the company in my portfolio. So. Concludes uh, today's episode with that one. Then thank you, thank you everybody for listening, and I'll see you to the next one. Thank you for listening to the show. We hope you liked it and would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think because it really helps us to improve the show. All the mentioned articles, books and everything in between can be found in the show notes. Also, if you want to learn more about us, you can find us at financial-independence.eu. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.